Hey everyone, welcome back to Downstage. Yes, you can actually see us now because now we actually have uh, our mics and cameras working. Uh, Hayden, what's up with you? Well, actually, it is not designed to mics and cameras. I actually just got a face for the first time. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing good, doing good. Yeah, uh, my day. How about has, you, man? Uh, my day has been. Uh, all right, ish. Uh, just came back. I just came back from the DMV this morning. Did not go as well as planned. I have to probably go back either tomorrow if I'm lucky, or set up another reservation for the next month or two. So just another day at the DMV. Yes, 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 pretty much. Uh, so how was your Monday? Well, it was all right. It was uh, pretty chill. Pretty chill. Yeah. Nothing really uh, exciting happened. No, 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 nothing really big happened. Uh, I mean, aside from, you know, Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger just going down for like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> aside, from, aside from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I remember you, I remember, I think, you messaging me about something early in the morning and then, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll get back to it. Like, I'll get back to it soon and then. I messaged you. I was like, "Oh, it didn't go through." I'm like, "I'm like, I guess Hayden is uh, in a tunnel somewhere that he can't really uh, can't get a hold of or something." Oh yeah, I was in a tunnel for a long time. I mean, that tunnel went on for so long. I think I actually got lost in it a couple times. <laughs> no, and then I and then I go on Twitter. I'm like, "Oh, Facebook was down. Instagram was down." I'm like, oh, okay. You were just talking about this, but you would it's like it just happened to come on the time when a Facebook whistleblower whistleblower just went on the news to, to talk about the regulations that Facebook d- does, which is essentially not that many of uh, essentially false mm-hmm. information, I think. Yeah, so basically um, well, actually, this came in this this happened the eve of that whistleblower testifying. So a whistleblower testified today. Um, oh. Before like a Senate committee, and essentially it confirmed that it's like yeah they they basically confirmed that yeah we kind of need hate speech because we need the clicks yeah like that's yeah I mean I haven't looked at the full thing just yet like I was gonna save that for later but like yeah and the fact that also uh, there was like a 60 minutes piece that happened on Sunday night about Facebook and then Facebook lost like it was either 500 million or close to a billion in the like they're sh- like you know in the stocks, like that's how much they lost, or I guess or went down, however you, whatever you call it in the stocks. Yeah, I think for the most part, the net worth or Facebook value network or something like that is is still like in the billions, but it's like seven billion as opposed to like say eight billion or nine billion, whatever it was. So yeah, it definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday definitely was a hit in their uh, direction in terms of. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was the Monday. Uh, Facebook was down for like six to eight hours or something like that. I really didn't mind it being down. You know, I, yeah. I kind of joked on Twitter, although it kind of like kind of got glossed over with the amount of people facing going Facebook's down and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but I was joking that the. Facebook being down reminded me of the scene from you know the movie The Cable Guy with Jim Carrey. Uh, I mean vaguely, I saw that like a long time ago. Like I kind of like well, I don't remember too much of it. In the end, him and Matthew Broderick are having a fight on, on this big you know satellite dish, right? And mm. I forget what happens, but essentially the Cable Guy Jim Carrey falls off the the edge. And lands right on the satellite dish, right? And just as in the background the entire movie, there was this whole subplot of Ben Stiller's character who directed the film of playing essentially the one of the Menendez, one of the Menendez brothers, essentially, mm-hmm. I think, who, uh, or something to that effect. But he was basically doing something that was like, uh, you know, uh, something like OJ, right? The trial of OJ. Okay. And then as the jury was about to reach to a verdict and they were about to find out if this guy was guilty or not. Cable guy slams onto the satellite dish and erupts, <laughs> essentially takes down the entire cable, satellite cable and everything. 
and no one knows what happened to this guy <laughs> if this guy was guilty or not. And I was joking that it reminded me of that scene, and in doing so, there was probably a lot more people who just took out a book and just started reading. Because <laughs> that's, that's what because at the end of that movie. Kyle Glass, who play, who is, you know, in Tenacious D, he mm-hmm. plays like a minor character or just like a random character that you don't really, is like one of the, essentially one of the people affected by the TV. And he basically looks around, sees a book that he has and goes, hmm. So I was like, so how many people turned into Kyle Glass last night? I mean, yesterday, like all these people not having essentially Facebook for the past like eight hours or so. Well, I think they're doing exactly what you're doing, Brian. They're just taking care of household chores that they probably let, you know, be post, be, you know, pushed to the side. <laughs> yes. And, of course, the moment I grab, it's kind of like freezing outside. And it's it's weird because, like, right now, it's like, what, 64 degrees? But 64 degrees in New York temperature is like, it's like, it's already like, 40 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, once it get once it starts hitting 60 in New York, like, that's, yeah. Especially when it's, like, a windy day, too. Yeah. Break out the sweat, uh, break out the, uh, the sweat jacket. Mm-hmm. We're good. Yeah. But, yeah, the, honestly, Facebook being down for, like, half a day really didn't bond me. It's like, you know, I grew up. Well, we probably grew up in the same the same time frame or the same age where Nickelodeon had those days where it was like, uh, go out and play, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. And, and it's funny because it was always every, like, it wasn't that long, too. It was always, like, maybe a couple hours. Yeah. Like, honestly, they should have just done it for the whole day just to see what happens. Like, an entire, like, you know, entire noon to night instead of just, like, I don't know, just a couple hours of an afternoon. Yeah, and and of course people were like, you know, this is the false civilization that you all worry about. It was like, <laughs> but yeah, it's I, and, I, and also and also brings up a question of like, uh, since Facebook bought up Instagram and WhatsApp, like you know, let's say this happens and Facebook didn't own those apps, like you know, would they have been fine? Probably so, because, yeah, because if Facebook didn't have them, it would just be Facebook. That would have been affected by whatever was going on, because it wasn't a hack as well. Like, from everything I've seen so far, this wasn't some hack. It was just some sort of internal problem. Yeah, uh, from what I remember or read about, it was basically uh, some sort of, like, not DOS thing, but it was basically one of those servers that they had to go Mm -hmm. and turn everything on and all all that stuff. But, yeah. Mm So wait, basically the solution was just like the catchphrase of the IT crowd. Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> I imagine the IT department yesterday was like, oh, are we getting overtime for this? <laughs> I imagine the people working in the IT department yesterday at Facebook better have gotten overtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, yeah. and, and you know, they're probably wondering, they're probably going over there like, all right, which one of you chuckleheads unplugged the server again? But yeah, that was the Monday, uh, and that was our that was uh, the Monday in, 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 of this week already, which was essentially uh, Facebook Facebook being offline for like half of a day. Because I mean, could you imagine that happening last year, just at the start of pandemic too, where it's like Facebook goes online and the amount of craziness that was already happening in the early 2020, uh, 2020, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, we, we just got, uh, we just, you know, uh, uh, we, we just, uh, you know, world war three, which is nearly averted, uh, fires and all around the world. And then suddenly, Facebook is down for like half of a day, which brings up to, you know, uh, which brings up to uh, security issues and whatnot. So, yeah, it's. Well, it's kind of funny. Like, it's kind of funny and honestly, maybe kind of ironic how you kind of lump in that, you know, if the Facebook thing happened with, um, you know, when it seemed like World War Three was, ha- you know, going to possibly happen. Yeah. Thankfully, it didn't. And then, the you know, the fires in Australia. 
But then it's like it is, it is one of those things where it's like if this did happen back then, yeah, people would have lost their part of my French shit. They would have absolutely lost their shit, and it really does kind of kind of put things into perspective because it's like that would have probably driven people more insane than the possibility of World War Three or yeah. um, the you know Austra- uh, you know Australia on fire, which you know which is sad, but it it does seem to be our reality because we are we are so tied to social media. Like we, it, it is kind of like we kind of need it just to do anything really these days. Yeah. I mean, right now this is our, you know, how do I get this show out? So, uh, you know, how do we get this show promoted? Well, we use our social media. So yeah. Yep. And how do I get in, like, it's like how I get in touch with people for like our, uh, for like the weekly readings of the scripts I've been writing. That's through Facebook. Yeah. So, so like, uh, I mean, we still have our emails, but you know, it's like I, I, I sent in, I, I just recently sent out a, a bunch of emails. Just like, uh, what was it, a few nights ago? Because I needed feedback on like how my show was currently, mm-hmm. and only a few people had gotten back to me so far. So hopefully, mm-hmm. I get more than uh, more than a few people to. Uh, yeah, email is uh, like email is kind of like. You, it's something that only gets used really for businessy related things, and even then, it does something that does get forgotten about a lot. Yeah. Because I got like, because my Facebook icon has like so many notifications, and I barely check any of them. Well, especially because most, a lot of time, emails we get are generally just can be junk emails. So it's like you do have to work to sift through to find, you know, the actual important ones. Yeah. So, I mean, if yesterday was a taste of what society could you know could be without facebook and instagram and and uh, whatsapp and messenger i would imagine you know twitter tiktok snapchat and then suddenly myspace comes back and you know it's like i joke about myspace coming back but there were people actually talking about myspace just like just yesterday on twitter like you know, I, I, like, could you imagine tom you know on you know tom doing this on myspace like years ago i'm like uh, okay, that joke felt that. Eh, how you doing, Al? Folks? <laughs> but yeah, it was a crazy, more uh, crazy afternoon yesterday, uh, and then right as the afternoon was ending, uh, what we just talked about last week, uh, the strike actually did happen, and they did authorize the strike. So we were kind of like on the cups of what we were just talking. We were literally on the cups of cusp. Cusp of talking about the idea of you know the you know the the, the union striking and then suddenly here we are they are author, you know they're authorizing the strike and and with like a basically ninety eight percent in favor of yeah. like in, like in, yeah ninety eight percent of the vote in favor of striking which is fantastic. Yeah, and you know that there's a lot more people in Hollywood like really supporting this. Uh, this group because on SNL this weekend, uh, Amy Brandt was no Amy Bryant. Mm-hmm. Uh, right as the show was closing, she had a I support uh, the I the IATSE yeah IATSE uh, like shirt on right as the show was closing. So it shows that even in a comedy show, even though uh, even though SNL is not, you know, even though SNL is known to be, you know, political from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, you rarely see the cast members like uh, being political. The show could be political, but you rarely see the cast members being like not political, but you know, uh, uh, maybe up to current, you know. Uh, I mean, that's probably changed with, like, some of the, you know, last couple of years. I mean, yeah. the thing, since I don't follow any of these actors on, like, Twitter or social media, like, maybe they are posting, you know, more, you know, political S stuff. But since I don't follow them, I don't know. So I'm not going to really, you know, give an opinion much on that. But, but yeah, yeah, I get the point that you're saying. Yeah. But, I, I, but I, it's a good it's a good thing to see that, you know, there are actors, actresses who will be very uh, vocal publicly about voting, you know, supporting this, uh, mm-hmm. supporting the, that, that group. And sure enough, you know, they do need the support because, you know, the mm-hmm. 
my friends, especially those in the filmmaking business, and I think probably you as well, have seen uh, what is it, an Instagram account that is, yeah, the, the stuff that you just mentioned last week is just like an mm-hmm. Instagram account. And, you know, rating some of those stories, it's like, it's a little like a horror movie. Just reading some mm-hmm. of those, like the, the type of work editions of like, and you could tell us like, you know, you know, even if you're reading just, you know, one of those uh, behind the scenes things, are you just trying to figure out, okay, like, what actresses are they talking about? Like, what show are they talking about? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, even though the, the people who are writing this, they're being very coy and they're very, very secretive, you know, being like John X, all that stuff, or John mm-hmm. Smith, or Show X, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like, uh, and this is something you just mentioned just a few, uh, a few, a few moments ago, is that within the past couple of years, a lot more people were becoming a lot more vocal about issues and stuff like that, too. So, mm-hmm. And the entertainment world, the entertainment world has always been like, they're not really known for being, I mean, like issues seem to be like flavor of the month, you know, like one, mm-hmm. like, like, it, like, is it popular enough to support this now? And then they'll eventually just kind of like, you know, forget about it later on. Like, like what companies do, like their faux solidarity. It's like for uh, pride month, it's like, oh yes, we support yeah. pride month only for, you know, pride month. And then they never, you know, support any LGBTQ related stuff after that. They just, you know, the, the full solidarity. Yeah. And it, but I feel like now with an issue like this, I feel like this isn't going to be like a flavor of the week, flavor of the month type of thing. It's, it's definitely going to be one of those things that are, is, uh, foot, uh, uh, what's the term, uh, being handled with very, Big care because the last time there was a big big strike like this was I believe was I think World War Two or something to like in the early 40s I believe mm-hmm. maybe 42 43 around that area mm-hmm. I might be wrong but again I got to do more research on this topic so yeah it's I mean that time would make sense because it's like pretty much everyone who could was essentially getting drafted into the war effort in some manner or fashion yeah. So yeah, it's possible that could have. So it's possible that could have been some like you know repercussions that affected the uh, industry. I mean, especially because they were making a lot more like you know pro-war uh, content back then too. But yeah, it, it's we're definitely gonna be uh, seeing more about the story in the coming probably weeks, months, probably going especially going into 2020. Two, you know, in the next, like, say, two months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 three months, actually. For some reason, I, yeah, for some reason, I thought it was the next month. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, it's like, I feel like this is the biggest thing that, like, act, like a lot of those big-name actors who haven't come out to, you know, support this yet, something they should really be keeping in mind, like, it doesn't matter how famous an actor you are. It doesn't matter how much money you you have or you have made from movies. The only reason those movies have made you that money, it isn't just because of your acting ability. That's only one facet of it. It's because of that crew yeah, who works their butts off to make you look good and then in yeah. turn make that movie look good. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I imagine, you know, playing a... Let me see here. Playing a character like, say, what's a public domain character that I could easily do? Uh, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. You know, playing a character, you know, playing a figure like Robin Hood. You know, one, you got to do, one, the, the, pub, the production design is already got to be like, okay, how do we make Robin Hood feel like authentic enough to be like a Robin Hood movie without going like, okay, no, be like this type of Robin Hood, all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then there'll probably be, Actors would be like, oh, you know, I carried a Robin Hood character. I gave him all that stuff. And, you know, it definitely feels – and then they're like – meanwhile, the costume designer is like, well, I helped create the thing. And, you know, like my team was the one that helped me and all that stuff. So, yeah, there's definitely got to probably be actors who are uh, – like we just said before with uh, how companies are uh, okay with – 
selling their cause for like something like Pride Month or uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month or well, it, it, it's not that it's for any specific thing. It's the it's the way they do it. Where yeah. they only do it when it's convenient to do it, and then when it's you know, and then when it's like there's nothing that really incentivizes them to continue that said commitment, they they drop it instantly, and then they okay. just go back to business as usual. Yeah. So as as I as I was saying, uh, we're definitely gonna be watching this issue for within the next couple of months, going into 2022, to see what's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't doubt that you know they're gonna do uh, a full strike, but I you know the last time a strike happened was uh, 2008 with the writers' strike, and we all remember how that went. So yeah, we're definitely be looking at thing, but. But to switch gears. Well, actually, I think also one, just to quickly circle back to this for just one quick second. Yeah. Um, that, that other strike you were saying from like the 1940s, like what yeah. was happening in the world, not just, you know, the war, but the fact that, uh, America was just dealing with the Great Depression. Oh, yeah. And the recession of that. So it's also the financial times we find ourselves in, how now they're kind of almost starting to kind of parallel to back then. Hmm. Because it's like, and I think I said this last time. So the fact that a lot of these people, you know, had to be given time off because of COVID. And then we're literally, like, when things were okay to go back to normal, they were thrust back into the insane work schedule for not nearly decent enough pay for what they were being asked to do. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, so again, it's like the, fi- so it's like the financial stuff that was happening back then is all also kind of happening now. And it's like, it's all kind of like, circling back, I guess, if that makes sense. A good counterpoint to this is Broadway. Broadway uh, has shut down, not, I mean, not, they, they, they haven't, like, shut down, but a couple of shows have shut down a couple of times because of uh, COVID concerns, because Aladdin, uh, they were just having a show, like, last week, and I was like, oh, we can't, we, you know, there's no show tonight because, um, you know, uh, COVID. Uh, broke out and mm-hmm. you know th- and there's already a few shows that are often on canceling because of co- uh covid uh covid outbreaks and that is only because the theaters are so cold mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and they are so densely packed. like they're just so packed too because they're because all those theaters are very old school theaters so it's like they're so crammed into each other so That's it's like environment you- yeah, and you hear things about oh we have you know uh, schools having better uh, schools and movie theaters having you know better uh, what's the term uh, air I mean uh, air flowing circulation thing right but you know mm-hmm. probably theaters they're definitely a, a little more impactful because not only is it so cold in there because it's you're you know, forget COVID. You're mostly like a guy beginning a, a a very bad cold, regardless. Because mm-hmm. you know, you go and see a Broadway show, and you know, it might be cold going in, and then it might be warm going out. But if you're already not feeling well when you go and see the show, chances are, you know, when you have your mask off, drinking and whatnot, you know, it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like, it's definitely gonna be one of those things where it's just like. COVID isn't exactly one of the, I mean, it is a big concern, but there's also the concern of just air fuel, uh, air filtration and stuff like that too, especially going forward with other Broadway shows. And, and it's also because like so many of those Broadway, you know, buildings are just very old. Like you can tell they haven't changed that much. Oh, yeah. From, from like the, you know, 1920s or whatever. Like they pretty much just kept them for the most part the same, which aesthetically, yeah, it looks cool. But at the same time, it's like that doesn't mean you can't try to, you know, upgrade some of the, you know, like, you know, ventilation. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I love the fact that my movie theater upgraded the hell out of itself, especially during the uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And beforehand, if you looked at uh, at my uh, at the uh, at the uh, movie theater I usually go to, which is the Alpine Movie Theater in Bay Ridge, 
uh, if you've seen pictures before that, you know, previously, especially what they looked inside, it looked beat up, it looked, you know, old, it definitely needed a remodeling, and then once the pandemic struck, it's like, oh, they have the, the, the most perfect time to do, you know, refurbish mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and now when you go into the bling, I mean, movie theater, not only does it look like it is a brand new theater, especially on the inside, you know, on the outside, it still looks the same. But if you go on the inside, it's a brand new theater. You know, they have a whole new uh, lighting system. Um, granted, it's still a little cold because, you know, it's, it's still the summer. So it's still the summer and all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, they, you know, they fixed the bathrooms. Uh, originally, that was one of the big things was that they were still fixing the bathrooms just as the pandemic struck. So it was like they fixed the bathrooms like more better now, you know, uh, uh, much more bigger room to use the bathroom, all that stuff. Uh, all the seats are now more like seats like this, where it's like you actually can move, like move back around. You can actually move your, uh, I don't think it could be like. Not reclined. Yeah, you could recline, but I don't think some of the, like, some of the theaters don't have, like, the adjustable seats where it's, like, you can move this up, and then, so if you're, so if someone's not next to you, you could just move your thing up, so you could just have a little more extra leg room. Mm. But the leg room itself, it's still, you know, relatively better than how it was previously, where it's, like, a, it's a little cramped, and it's, like, it's not really reclining back, but now it's, like, the entire seats and everything else has been, like, refurbished. Mm-hmm. So it definitely feels like it's a much more better upgrade. Compare that to, say, like, a Broadway theater where it's, like, I imagine Broadway, I, I literally, I'm literally blanking the word, but it's, like, they're rubbing away, scrubbing away all that stuff on the, and the germs and everything. Uh, just, just, general, just general, like, you know, cleaning, is that what you're essentially getting at? Yeah, general cleaning and all that stuff, too. And I imagine doing that in an old-time theater, especially with seats that have been sat down for, like, maybe three hours or so. Uh, you know, I imagine that's, like, much more difficult to do compared to, say, you know, you know, a leather seat that's, like, you know, or a plumber sheet, I'm not sure if it is a rubber or a leather or what have you. It's like one of those Yeah, it, it's, probably, it's probably that pleather stuff. Like, there's no way a movie theater is shelling out for real leather. Yeah, it's pleather, so, uh, yeah. It's, especially because it's like you know people are spilling drinks and food on that stuff. And oh, that yeah. would now be just an extra hassle trying to clean up real leather. And the Broadway seat, seats are, like, you know, soft. They're, like, uh, essentially... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say cotton, but they 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 definitely are like old time seats. So they mm-hmm. you know they definitely do need to. And if Broadway shows keep on uh, canceling, then they really do need to uh, essentially figure out where to go next. Because there's, there'd definitely be uh, people who want to go see a Broadway show, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we can't go see this Broadway show tonight because it's canceled. Uh, a good example of this is that. Uh, I'm a volunteer usher for one of those Broadway theaters, and I was supposed to go to a Broadway uh, one of the productions last uh, last night. I mean, not last night, uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. One, I couldn't really go because I'm I had a uh, allergy attack, so it kind of like affected my face. So I don't feel like I'm like there yet physically. Mm-hmm. And you might not see it, but it's like if you look closely, it's like a little puffiness around my cheek and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if I'm wearing a mask, too, it's, it's like, you know, it's like there's a puffness around my cheek. So if I'm wearing a mask, it's like it's got to be a little more irritating about that. But mm. but that is uh, one of the, uh, the show I was supposed to be ushering was also one of the shows that was uh, canceled, like, just like last week because of a, a COVID outbreak. So mm. it's and I honestly was like. If you've been to that theater, it, it's a very small theater. It used to be a bank, so it's like it has that very uh, uh, hmm. quality about it. So, yeah, it's it, it's definitely one of those things where it's like I don't want to not only subject myself to a possible outbreak, especially right now. Um, you know, I'm always 
what's the term? Uh, I'm always mindful, especially if I'm working in my uh, my job in um, currently, because I work in food service, so I'm always worried about you know catching something during my food service, all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. but you know, doing this in a more theatrical level, I feel a little more hesitant now than I do say uh, going to my job. In you know, in the food service industry, compared to going to your job as an usher or backstage, and, and not necessarily carry again COVID, but getting something like obviously worse, you know, worse than COVID, you know, maybe like a like a flu or because like or, or, well, or like a var- or like you know a variant of COVID that's worse than you know original COVID. There you go. See, it's like uh, you know, just because they're worried about COVID doesn't mean you can't, you can't catch a variant or the stomach flu or pneumonia or mm-hmm. something like that, especially backstage in theater, because, you know, even though you're like a good example, another good example of this is that, you know, the show that we, well, the, the comedy sketch show that we worked on, well, I couldn't do it like a few years ago because I had the same problem of stomach flu. And I couldn't really make it out to do essentially the thing, but the the theater itself, you know, when you're backstage, damn, it's like it, 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 yeah, it really isn't even a backstage. It's just like a curtain, and then like a person, you know, like basically like standing sideways, like yeah, from like like let me just see if I can try and demonstrate this. So my shoulder here, and then that's the curtain here to my shoulder here, and that's the wall. And then that's the amount of backstage you actually have at that theater. That's how insanely packed it is. Yeah. It really and, isn't even a backstage. That's how. And yeah. I think that's, and that's literally just like one of the theaters because the other theaters that they have, you know, it's like, it's a very tiny space as it is. So, I mean, yeah, that, like I've been like, I think one, two, yeah, I, I, actually, I think I, I think I've been in each one of their uh, theater rooms at that place. And each one of them is pretty much the same except for, I think it was the, I think it's the one that's on the third level. That's the only one where you kind of have a little more space. Yeah, compared to you know uh, every, every other theater because you know backstage if you're in a Broadway, uh, you know compare that to a Broadway uh, thing, you pr- uh, you probably got like a or a college production. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying well, uh, you know I've been on college productions where the backstage itself is like a very big grand you know grand area so you can easily you know do your mm-hmm. whole six feet thing but compare that to other places where it's like a big uh, Broadway show where you have like say 20 and maybe 30 people behind the scenes just waiting to get on you know just to uh, do your scene transitions and stuff like that too and you have yeah. like 10 actors on stage are about to go off and so it's like mm-hmm. You know, off Broadway, that could be like five people behind the scenes or something like uh, something like that. So it definitely feels like, you know, uh, Broadway itself really does need to, even though it's like they're happy to be reopened, they still need to really focus on not only better air filtration and stuff like that too, but really fixing up theaters and stuff like that as well mm-hmm. because they don't want to have another – uh, outbreak that essentially does put the hamper on going to uh, Broadway shows, and that's essentially uh, the bread and butter of. I know I say essentially a lot, but you get the point. <laughs> essentially, I do. Essentially, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Broadway is kind of like a uh, is is slowly getting back to normal. But at the same time, they're, they are also figuring out things that are wrong with the uh, things. So especially if they're if it's a big Broadway production, so like say Moulin Rouge, and there's probably gonna be like a lot of dancers behind the scenes too, just waiting to be curtain call all that stuff, and then you have all the people behind the scenes just making sure the people on stage are, are looking good and all that. And stuff like that too, and then suddenly, you know, someone will come down with something, and then suddenly someone come down with something, and then they have to shuttle, have to uh, 
shut down the show the following night because they don't have enough people uh, on stage. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, on call, I should say. But, yeah, Broadway, it's it's a slow but shaky uh, restart. Mm-hmm. Compared to film theaters, where film theaters seem to be more uh, mindful of what's happening, and they have, have gotten their, like, stuff correctly. Uh, well, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like, they can actually take the precautions and be able to film effectively, because it's like, you know, it's like you just have to limit the amount of people. Like if you're on, um, like you're shooting in a in a location, like in a let's say a coffee shop, and it's like okay, so here's the actors who are in this scene, and oh, we'll probably need you know someone to look like they're working uh, behind the register, maybe just have one or two people as or whatever as extras sitting on opposite tables or whatever. Like it is possible to do, and that's kind of where there's where it, like you know. It, this is more in the favor of the film industry being able to accommodate uh, working around COVID. Yeah. Because it's like you can get around it easily. Like I've, um, I think it was like last year, um, like around September and October when shows are starting to come back um, for the, like, you know, the next uh, round of seasons and stuff. Yeah. So I was kind of watching the um, the first episode of each season the first couple episodes of each seasons of those shows to just kind of like curious to see how they're going to address the COVID aspect of it and some yeah. shows of course obviously you know address it heavily Chicago Med um The Good Doctor of course, yeah and, uh, but then nine, and then 911 yeah yeah and then there was like another show um NCIS LA and they don't really address COVID in the show but I can see they're addressing it in the production of it because there's so much less people, like their headquarters is so devoid of people. Uh, the locations they're filming at, where it's like normally you'd expect, okay, there's gonna be a lot of people walking the sidewalks, it's an outdoor space, but it's like, no, there's barely anybody there. Yeah, the counterpoint on that, uh, I've noticed uh, oddly that uh, like early this year, The Equalizer came on, uh, like premiered, and the, you know, I was watching the first episode and I noticed something very odd about how they, how, and, and this might be just because this is CBS. CBS has a, maybe has a weird uh, sense of like placement and compared to other shows. But if I'm watching a CBS show, it, they are oddly very placed apart because it's like they may be like maybe a six feet apart. Or something like that, or maybe not even close together, because uh, if you're watching a show proper, especially on um, CBS, they don't like. It's definitely more like CBS is like like more restricted to everything else compared to say Fox or the CW or ABC, where they have their shows like played out normally. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the Connors just came back to their new season, and you know, last season was a big, uh, uh, what's the term? A big, a answer to what's been happening. Yeah, essentially, yeah, there we go. An answer to what's been happening with COVID and stuff like that too. So they had characters wearing masks and stuff. You know, not mm-hmm. getting haircuts, so forth and so on. And then compare that to say. Law and Order SVU, where it's just like you see people in the back, you know, in the back and the background, and all that stuff. And you may see someone wearing a mask, but other characters won't be wearing masks, especially if they're inside. So it doesn't look like they're. It, it doesn't look like it's set in a real, like a form of reality, where it's like even though Law and Order seems to be in a form of its own reality, it still sends some form of reality that is. Reality. <laughs> well, to counter that counter, I think it's actually what they're do. What they did is honestly kind of more true to the reality of it because what I've seen, cops do not like to wear masks. Like I remember in New York, I'm just seeing you know cops on the street. None of them had a mask on inside, so it didn't surprise me one bit that they're keeping that aspect for their for the cop shows because it's like yeah, it's like. And it's so funny because it's like COVID's killing cops more than any human can. 
But it's like there's but it's like yeah, they're like not wearing masks and it's like dudes, like just it, it, this is like literally not wearing masks is your kryptonite apparently. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's like but it's like I think they are keeping that aspect of the reality in the shows which I, I do kind of I do appreciate that they're at least, you know. Yeah. Because uh, it's because it's like some shows they can just, you know, try and go about and not say covid at all and honestly, I I kind of get weirded out by those shows. Because we're not going to address something that's been happening in all of our lives for the past year and a half now. It, it just yeah. feels weird. Uh, and I think also COVID has like essentially uh, mucked up the writing on some of these shows too, because they don't really have the grand plan that they had originally. Like a, like a good mm-hmm. a good example of this is American Horror Story. Uh, mm-hmm. American Horror and American and its sequel and, and its spinoff show American Horror Stories. Uh, you could tell that was made during uh, with American Horror Stories. Uh, you could tell that was like the writing is a bit rushed, if not very rushed. Uh, they don't have a coherent storyline, even though they're all essentially self-contained storylines. Uh, well, one of the storylines, I mean, one, like, one storyline happens to be, like, a sequel to all that stuff, which I don't want to get into, but in the stories aspect, you know, they're self-contained stories, but you could tell, like, some of these stories are not really, um, edited down to a point where it does feel like it's coherent and it feels like it's actually people talking. It doesn't like when you're watching a show, it's like these don't feel like people talking. They feel like caricatures of what people will be talking about. And then, you know, uh, to count the more on that point, uh, I didn't really watch the first half of this season, Red Tide, of American Horror Story because uh, because I wasn't it's like oh they got to be doing the vampires again it's vampires it's like I'm tired of all the vampire stick on American Horror Story it's like they done vampires like maybe once twice like three times already and it doesn't and this gets very old like rather quickly because you know it's like instead of them being vampires per se they are just giving them a pill. That essentially gives them like essentially vampiric energy and stuff like that too, which makes no sense. Like how does a like how does a chemist able is able to make a uh, a pill that makes you act like a vampire and create blood without already you know uh, putting some vampire DNA and all that stuff? And I mean, and, and I think they were able to get around with this saying like, oh, you know. Uh, the chemist was was able to uh, torture this vampire creature that lives in this sea town and stuff like that too, and harness the DNA and all that stuff. And then, like that makes no sense. If you get if you want to make a vampire pill, go out and make a vampire pill. Like like literally make something that makes people addicted to something. And but going into Death Valley, which is essentially part two of the you know the double feature season, like the first half was interesting because you know they're dealing with aliens. Aliens. Uh, I'm sorry, that's that's my meme of the week. <laughs> uh, and you have Neil McDonald. I mean... McDonough? Yeah, Neil McDonough, who is an excellent actor. Terrific on the rated actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he plays Ike, you know, Ike Howes, uh Dwight Eisenhower, and you and you couldn't imagine anybody perfect to play that part. Because he, he, like, if you see the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, he's presidential particular, even if he isn't playing a president, the character. And mm-hmm. then, you know, just as you enter this very interesting point of the story, it immediately goes into present day. Listen to this dialogue, too. It's like, I'm like, this can't be real dialogue that was made into the final cut because it's like, and again, this is what goes back to my original point. I think a lot of these shows were harmed by COVID, not only with a production standpoint, but a yeah. The I feel like a lot of these shows are were harmed not only from a production standpoint, but from a writing standpoint. Because in the case of American Horror Story, like they really don't 
have the notion of we'll just write it as fast as we could and get into production as fast as we could because they just literally just filmed this entire season maybe like two months ago mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of like the second half of the season because yeah. they, they were also doing American Horror Stories which makes no sense because you know it's like you do American Horror Stories and then suddenly it's like oh the next week you, you, you know it's American Horror Story time like What's been going on with with some of these shows? It definitely feels like COVID not only struck a term with production standpoint, but also from a writing standpoint too. Especially since you know, I, I, and again, I'm just only using American Horror Story as a um, uh, as a basis here. But there are other shows probably that do handle COVID restrictions a lot more better than say something that looked like it was like rust to put into. Rust to put onto film, I mean, onto television within a couple of months. And yeah. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, like, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's hard to have a grand plan because it's like, first there was the original grand plan in like, you know, early 2020, and then COVID happened. So then all the shows just kind of had to stop with, you know, airing new episodes, just kind of go on hold for a while. So it's like some of them didn't get to really have the real ending that they were actually trying to go for to begin with because they were forced to go on hold to, to you know, to you know keep people from getting COVID and whatnot. Yeah. So then it's like they're trying to come back and they're trying to be like, okay, so where do we go? Because we ended our show in pretty much in the middle of where we, where we were trying to tell a story. We didn't actually get to the ending. So it's like, do we try to continue where we left off? Do we just have to then accept that where we ended is the ending and then just kind of try and, go to the next thing because the flash ended is because I remember a couple of shows like the flash ended at like the weirdest point. And I haven't, I haven't keeping up too much with the flash, but I remember the episode really did. And, and essentially it was the season finale because it had to be, but it was just so weird, especially because that whole season had been so weird as well. So it's like, you're so, I know they have to go into the next season trying to make sense of what do we do now? And then it's like the, that and then that season of, of Flash after that just got all kinds of insanity. It, it's like it, that show just tries to jump the shark for fun at this point. Like the fact that the Flash brought back Reverse Flash to fight Godspeed, and they essentially had like the lightning lightsabers. It's like that's that's what we're doing now. What we're we're, we're just going Star Wars now or something. And it's like, no, we're not going to use speed. We're just going to fight with these lightning lightsabers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of shows definitely. Oh, I've definitely. <laughs> oh my god. I, I I legitimately thought your camera was frozen because you were so like in place. So when you moved, I was like, whoa. I'm sorry. My my mind was my mind just broke just now when I heard uh, lightning lightsabers. I was like. Yeah, you could you could like you could just you could literally just like get like take that little clip of me and just add hello darkness my old friend. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. It's like that that'll be like that'll be that'll be the end credits. Just y- your face, black and white. Hello darkness my old friend with the slow zoom in. <laughs> and, and and then and then it ends with a whoa. But yeah, it. it, it... I am, and again, the Flash is a good standpoint. Uh, I didn't see this the same problems with Supergirl because I am watching Supergirl, and from my courtesy, the same problem. Like, there weren't that many problems I saw with Superman and Lois. Uh, I hmm. haven't gotten well, the point. Well, I think that oh, I think with um, Superman and Lois, they were just doing that after COVID had already happened, so they could already take into precaution, you know, the COVID stuff. With yeah. what they were doing. Oh, because uh, that, that show didn't come out because that show didn't come out until um, I. It was either it was either 2021 or very late 2020 if I remember right. Uh, I think it's early 2021. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they already so it's like they already had time to work that story out and not have to be yeah. you know 
putting on hold like other shows. They could already they already could go a little more fresh with this one. Also, uh, people kind of joke that uh, Superman, Lois, and Stargirl had the HBO Max budget. <laughs> I mean, just that first episode of Superman and Lois, and it's like you can tell they got a good, great budget. You can tell they got great cinematography there. Like, yeah, you can tell they they're definitely getting they they must they must be getting that HBO Max money, honestly. Uh, and speaking of Superman and Lois, uh, one of Tyler. How do you pronounce his name? Heck, how? I just say like Hochlin. Like that, that is kind of how, because it's kind of how it looks. So I'm just assuming that might be the pronunciation. But and, how, and, and, and what about it? It's going to be later. Where it's like Tyler Hecklin. And I'm like, how'd you get that? But okay. But yeah, Tyler Hoax, uh But yeah, the guy who plays Superman, he was previously on Team Wolf. And one of his co-stars on, from Team Wolf is actually guest starring next season on Superman and Lois. And... And the way he kind of like uh, joked about it on social media was that he's he's giving a tour of you know the, the green screen and all that stuff. He's giving a tour and stuff, and then he sees someone going, and I was like, "Oh, Ian, how you doing?" I was like, "Hey, and uh, what are you doing here? Um, just visiting." And <laughs> they kind of like <laughs> laugh it off too, and it's a, it's a way to uh, just. And I like how, you know, they, they like, cast members use social media to promote the show, especially, you know, to show, like, how they're doing it, too, especially since, uh, uh, especially since filming always looks like it is fun, even if they are, you know, wearing, uh, not necessarily those masks, but, like, those visor things that are, like, like, Mm -hmm. essentially, like, these things. Yeah, yeah. And, but yeah. The face shields. Yeah, the face shields. But yeah, I, uh, from my sure, the flash looks like it was suffered because of COVID, and that was only because it was like three episodes or four episodes before it could properly uh, season finale wise. Like, properly. I mean that show. I mean that show was already kind of suffering to begin with anyway. Like after Crisis, uh, yeah, after the, after Crisis, that show it had a few interesting ideas in the you know the episodes that happened after Crisis, but. It's it definitely was suffering a lot. It definitely suffered a lot afterwards. Oh yeah. Uh, like let's see. um, I'm tr- oh, crap. What was it? I- I'm not sure if it's the uh, same thing with Batwoman too. I mean that sh- uh, that show suffered just from its beginning. Oh yeah. I mean that show was already suffering way before uh, you know way before COVID ever happened. And. Yeah, the counterpoint on that, uh, I think you could say the same thing with American Horror Story, which was like in 1984, which was I was a little step up compared to the previous season, Apocalypse. But at least 1984 looked and was written at least somewhat coherently. But you could tell it's like when you're doing a show that's like eight or nine seasons ahead of its original tally, it's like how do you continue on and making the show feel new? And then suddenly a virus and pandemic essentially, you know, hampers stands everything into saying, hey, you know, uh, yeah, essentially, how do you, you know, combat that as a, uh, as not only as a production studio, but also, uh, uh, you know, a, a network TV show or a film or something to that effect, because mm-hmm. uh, Jurassic Park, uh, Dominion, I mean, Jurassic World Dominion was, I believe, one of the first movies to be shot both pre-pandemic. Of course, it was, you know, one of the first movies shot pre-pandemic. But, I mean, one of the first movies to be shot post-pandemic, picking up where it left off. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch to see where the post-pandemic type of filming comes to into play when you're watching a film like that, because, mm-hmm. you know, it may be in terms of just like blocking or just in terms of just action, or maybe even like what you just said before, where it's just like, there's not enough background characters compared to like, say two scenes ago where there was like, like a hundred characters in the background, just like walking around. Now there's mm-hmm. like 25 or something like that. Yeah. All right, yeah, it's a good way to end today's show. Uh, yeah, it, it was a very slow week. I mean, in terms of, um, uh, oh, oh, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but to give you a nice little way of a nice little uh, oh, what's the term? A welcoming thing. Uh, they might be doing uh, Daredevil might be doing a season four in terms of Echo, and they might be bringing back Frank Castle the Punisher for maybe one of the Disney Plus shows. We're not sure, but and and also uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, may show up as Wilson Fisk and She Hulk for Hawkeye essentially, but. Well, I, I heard, I, I mean, I've heard like this one could be like, it's either going to be Hawkeye or She-Hulk, but yeah, like, again, everyone, this is all just rumors. Nothing has yeah. been confirmed or, or anything, it, so it's, it's possible, but. It's not like, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew McCarthy appearing in No Way Home. A- Andrew Garfield, not McCarthy. Oh, and. <laughs> that would have been an inter- interesting uh, uh, Spider-Man, Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, well, we are in the multiverse then. A totally new, unique Spider-Man that no one's ever seen before. Oh, by, and also, just to speak on that, if anybody is curious, so because uh, if you're interested in any of those spoilers, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it myself what it is, but there is something that Corridor Crew on YouTube uh, touches up on in terms of um, whether a certain shot that has been essentially leaked on the internet about that particular movie involving one of the particular Spider-Man actors. And how it might be a real or might be VFX. They kind of they break down whether it's real or not. And if you don't mind the spoiler, go check it out. It's it's a fantastic informative video about deepfakes. Hmm. And also picking up on that, uh, if you watch the No Way Home trailer, there's this odd shot of Peter in front of a limo talking to this woman, and it looks like the woman's face is just superimposed over someone else's uh, body, so they don't see who it is. And that's right before you hear Dr. Octor, you know, Dr. Octor, Doc Ock saying, hello, Peter, and stuff like that, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you could tell that it's like, in a world of magic and stuff and stuff like that, too, they're trying to keep everything, you know, Hush, hush, low key. <laughs> but it's like they're literally just trying to keep everything hush, hush. When we're in the age of the internet and things are so easily watched and stuff like that too, you know, them just came out just you know just this past weekend, and there's a major spoiler people have already talked about and stuff like that too, and mm-hmm. people have seen the spoiler clip online. So it's like, and and then there are you know trailers that just go, you know what? Fine, you know, if you want to see this stuff, we'll, we'll get, we'll show you the best stuff in the trailer, and some of that best stuff happens to be probably the last scene, mm-hmm. which includes the last scene, I should say. Yeah, They're, they basically went like, you know, like that Thanos line. Fine, I'll do it myself. Exactly, uh, but yeah, just to keep a little, just to bring a little hope at the end of uh, this very dry week of entertainment, uh, Daredevil. Wilson Fisk and Frank Castle the Punisher might come back into the MCU properly, even though they were already part of the MCU. But people mm-hmm. say that you know the Netflix shows don't count, which is BS. But like uh, literally, just like Daredevil's first season, they make so many references to Avengers. Yeah, but I mean, I think that in terms of just properly doing that is references. If it's not a proper a character coming onto the show. Like, Asians of Steel have the same problem. It's like, oh, you know, they don't, like, it's not part of the MCU. And then it's like, well, Coulson's part of the MCU. He is, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. I, well, I think, and I think the problem they ran into with that show is that, yeah, they have a lot of interesting ideas. The problem is, how are you able to put this with that, with what's going on in the MCU? Like, literally, the, the season where they were at with, um, um, Age of the Shield, when Infinity War was happening, it's like literally none of them were affected by the snap, apparently. I mean, I have my which, own... Which, which, is like, which is like, I mean, yeah, it's going to be, it's hard for them because it's like, you know, they are going to be doing different schedules than the movie is, and it's like they can't, you know, do something that gives away what's happening in the movie too much. Because it's like you have to keep in mind the like the timing, especially for something that big. Yes, and 
Honestly, I have my own personal theories about that, but again, that's another discussion for another day, which is essentially uh, Brian Hayden's crazy fan theories about stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have a, a couple of good theories that could be talked about when it's like another like down period of like of a lack of entertainment, like entertainment talk. But like, <laughs> yeah, like as I was just saying. Nothing really going on in the entertainment world this week aside from, you know, Facebook shutting down, um, people going to strike, and the fact that, uh, and uh, Broadway having, is suffering a couple of uh, show delays and cancellations because of a, a, a COVID outbreak. So, yeah. But in those discussions, we actually did bring out good points is that, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of uh, shows and movies do are still affected by this, especially if you all watching us from a writer's standpoint too. Where it's just like, you know, why is this, you know, why is this character really talking weird and stuff like that too when they don't really sound like it's a normal character? So yeah, so uh, I'm, I, I'm this has been Brian Hayden. I have no sign off. Hayden, what's your sign off gonna be? Um. Just have a good day, everyone. All right, and please be safe and be well.